After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right. We are here to talk about TV commercials, the good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. When it comes to cybercrime and identity theft, it seems anyone can be a target, even Jay Leno. (laughs) Even Jay Leno? (laughs) I'm Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. Boy, that is the... That is the audio drop that launched one podcast episode. Yes, uh, yeah. This episode. Famously. <laughs> I started a sentence that I didn't know how I was going to end. But anyway, we saw that on TV the other day. It's for like... Um, it's for something called LifeLock. LifeLock, right. Which is, I think, a, it's a, I don't know if it's a Norton product Norton, yeah. or what, but it's a, it's a as, it, as you probably heard, it is like a cybersecurity product. Yeah. Um, and I made you come in from the kitchen. I said, this is a great shit like this. And sometimes I do that and you're a little underwhelmed. But this time you really lost it. Can we just listen to it one more time? Yeah. When it comes to cybercrime and identity theft, it seems anyone can be a target. Even Jay Leno. <laughs> I got to say, it's one of those things where <laughs> you give me a thousand chances. I'm not coming up with the, Jay, the end of that sentence. Right, yeah. You know? Anyway, um, so we thought that maybe we would use that as an excuse to look at late night pitchmen. Yeah, late night pitchmen. We started thinking about, um, you know, Jay Leno famously was the Doritos spokesman for years. French all you want. We'll make more. (laughs) You're going to get to hear some of that. You're going to get to hear some squeaky voice Leno. Um, But what what do the other late night hosts do? And um, I will spare you the suspense. There are no ladies or people of color in this show. I'm I'm the only lady on this show because they don't let ladies or, for the most part, people of color host late night shows. Now... You uh, put this show together today, so a lot of these will be new to me. My question for you is, was this harder to put together than you expected? Well, there are plenty of the, the ones who shill for products really shill for products. If you if they're if they're out there getting theirs, selling whatever, then they're super easy to find. And mm-hmm. if they don't. They don't because that was it. Like I, I think there I, are some purists because I think I said, oh, well, we could use you could do a show on Jay Leno because he did Doritos, and I thought maybe he would have done other things. But then I'm like, well, if we do all late night hosts, I can't picture David Letterman shilling for anything. That's correct. I can't, you cannot. Uh, Conan, I can't picture Conan just like selling yeah. cars or car insurance or anything car related. Yeah, there, there, there seem to be two breeds of late night talk show hosts: those who will sell and those who will not. Well, we will get all uh, into. That we'll get all we're gonna get all into that in just a second. My apologies. Oh God. Um, also, we'll check in with the ad council. I did get to go through the ad council today. Some really good stuff. I know. I I had to stop myself from. I, there's stuff that I left on the cutting room floor. I think we should do an ad council show in the not too distant uh, yeah. future. We've got a lot of good content coming in. So uh, we'll talk about some of those today and. Uh, and the one thing that I really want to get to, and I think a listener sent this in, so it'll be in that segment, is the viral video going around of, of the the montage of the COVID nineteen era. Yes, commercials. you may have noticed a certain sameness. To it is the amazing. Uncertain times ads, as they as I think of them. It's a supercut of all of the same tropes from the 
piano music that is to the somber piano music to the we're family it's to wild. the in your home to the like these phrases the, that are just used over and over and over in the same earnest voice yeah the cookie cutterness of the of them are is pretty outstanding so we'll get to that and thanks for uh, for sending that in okay we will uh, talk about that in the ad council but let's start with some late night tv <laughs> I did not watch the Johnny Carson show because I was a kid. Did you? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw it. I was aware of it as a thing. I, I was a real night owl as a kid, and I would kind of do anything to stay up late. Um, and whatever was on TV was better than going to bed. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw some Carson, but I would have been a pretty little kid uh, when he went off the air. I remember being excited about David Letterman as a very young adult, I would say, or as I was coming of age. And yeah, that's... you're a white man of a certain age. Yeah, but um, even then, I just never really got into that whole world very much. I almost, it's hard to explain, but uh, our buddy Luke uh, really grew up loving late night TV mm-hmm. and staying up for it as a special event. And I remember certain shows that we had taped and we would talk about and again it was the more off the wall stuff some of the Conan stuff but the format I could just never get into and maybe that's like my my dad is the same oh, way really? like, he's just I think he finds that in award shows pretty cringy I, I share both of those opinions with your dad yeah. I, I the format of late night eludes me the appeal of it eludes me um, I will say that for a brief period in there when I was probably like college age a little bit afterwards Conan mm-hmm. had some appeal for me and I maybe like made not a huge point of it, but like if I was up and watching TV at that time, I might I might put Conan on. He at that point was like, I think like after the ten, he was, I forget the whole, also the, the that whole debacle, the I whole cannot. debacle and the whole like this guy had this show on this network, yeah. but he was promised this network at this time spot. Like I, there are people for whom they know it chapter and verse. Yeah. And for me, it's all just like a Michigan. I think when you were in college, that's before the big Conan scandal, I believe. Yes. The, because that, I believe, was, he was just 2008. Like, he was just like the prince in waiting at that point. Right, right, right. And of course, even before that, you had the talk show wars. You had that that book that might have even been called The Talk Show Wars with everything going on between Jay and Letterman. And mm-hmm. the, the, remember the rumor that... Uh, that Jay Leno was hiding in a closet during negotiations between Letterman and do I have that wrong? I haven't. I've there's all kinds of crazy rumors, and I did go down a little bit of a rabbit hole in research for this show of famous feuds that Letterman has had. That dude feuds with a <laughs> lot of people. He seems like difficult. Difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Genevieve always points out we have conversations a lot. You can always tell, like in an, in a movie interview with like the actors, or in like a um, like a DVD extra, if people are talking about working with a director, you can tell who's an asshole because nobody's going to say this guy's an asshole, but they'll always say like he is very exacting. Yes, he so just, committed to his craft. He really has a vision. Yes, yeah. Beware any director who has a vision and is quote committed to his craft yeah because he is a flaming asshole <laughs> that guy rages all right um where should we start with these commercials jay leno let's start with jay leno he was the um the font from which this no doubt excellent idea sprung mm-hmm. um so you heard the life lock commercial i'm not i i actually i almost grabbed it for us to listen to the whole thing but but it's more of like an infomercial mm-hmm. also starring angie Harmon. who's that 
Uh, well, she was probably best known for one of the like tough as nails prosecutors on uh, Law and Order. Oh, okay. She's very beautiful. She's got dark hair. She, I think she had Rizzolian Isles. I want to say. Oh, really? I remember yeah. that show. I didn't watch it, but she's that's some, kind like, of up our alley. Like a little that was a cozy, right? A somewhat more modern yeah. I mean, cozy. Co- or, yeah, cozy's probably probably not quite right, but yeah, like two ladies. It's like you know a modern day Cagney and Lacey. Mm-hmm. She's a big old Republican. Oh, okay. Um, not that you know people can't have their opinions, but. That's a bad one. Um, <laughs> I don't really know her politics. I, I, she is a Republican. You're on fire today, yeah. my friend. Um, <laughs> I would say goodbye to some listeners, but I can't believe anyone stuck around who doesn't already agree with Everyone me. Everyone can have their opinions, but that's a bad one. <laughs> All right, I, I need to remix the Genevieve theme <laughs> and wish, add that to I it. I wish you would. I love the Genevieve theme. Oh, somebody asked on Facebook. I'm sorry to derail here, but someone asked what song that was, and I meant to put it in in the ad council, and then I forgot. But can you tell the listeners it was or that listener song, what song it is? It was a song um, called Genevieve. I had not heard of it before, and wouldn't you know it, I'm having these computer issues, so I think I just... Here, this is what we're talking about. I made you this intro for Genevieve's Takeover. I love cheese, but I really love cake. Oh, no! Professor Bananas! Anyone else? Want to stage a revolution with me? If it gets completely fucked up, so what? So as you can hear, it's called Genevieve. It's a real song. It's not a parody song. I just looped it. Um, but unfortunately, I can't find my work here. Well, so we'll, we'll look that up later. I just did a quick Google, but it doesn't. It wasn't helpful. Uh, my my Googling skills were not super helpful. So anyway, uh, where was I? Okay, uh, so Jay Leno. Jay Leno. What won't he sell? What won't he sell? I mean, he's not the most... I mean, he's not Shaq, right? He's not like... You know, he's not doing... Although I would say the, this LifeLock ad is pretty pretty lame. Um, he's... he's uh, he, of course, this is what I learned about Jay Leno's modern-day Jay Leno commercials, um, is that he will basically not do a commercial unless it is taking place in his garage of fancy uh, collector cars. Oh, does Jay have a garage? Yes. You may have heard. Does Tom Cruise ever ride a motorcycle? <laughs> yes. And does Jay Leno have a garage? Yeah, those are my two big it's questions. It's essentially for you. all. It's his whole identity now, and yeah. I understand it also is his brand. Like yeah. he has a TV show, has like had like five seasons. Jay, Jay's garage. Jay's garage. Is it still on? Uh, well, I think it's kind of like they're doing like clip shows or like compilation shows now. So it's like they're airing, but I wonder how much mm. of that is like because of the pandemic or just production yeah. schedules or what. It doesn't seem like it's been kicked to the curb. I, I mean, want to get into it, but it's just like you got to start from the beginning. Yeah, you do have to start from the beginning. On, the ins, um, the outs. And no spoilers, please. Don't yes, send them in. Oh, my God. I know. It's our fault for being so late to the game. Okay, let's stop being jerks. We, you said not to put get us off the rails. We haven't wait, even gotten wait, on wait, the wait, rails wait. We're yet. We're going to stop being jerks. We are almost 12 minutes into this. We haven't even found the rails. Okay, so he always does these ads from his garage, including the LifeLock one, where he says something like... What? Really? Yeah. He says something like, when I when I have a when I <laughs> when I don't know how to do something, I find an expert who can do it, and that's who does my flock. Wait a second. 
So Bugs, is that pretty good? So Bugs Bunny off some helium. <laughs> that was obviously Jay Leno. I think that was a really good Jay Leno, it actually. Was it was great. <laughs> this is, we're not getting through this. No, no, we got to go. So he does one for Michelin tires. Okay. Um, he's done a couple. Uh, I think there are a few for Michelin tires, but this one... Um, this one was sort of jumped out at me for the the low quality of the writing. So I'll just set this up. Um, you see Jay kind of shot from the waist up. Uh, he's walking through his garage past all these, like, I want to say fancy cars. Although the one in the back just looks kind of like a... Rental. Just like a basic rental. But there's like a very fancy kind of Ferrari or one of those, like, I don't know cars. European fast cars. A European fast called. cars in the front. Uh, and he's talking about how important tires are. Tires are kind of like shoes. There are right ones and wrong ones for every occasion. That's why Ford put Michelins on both their fastest cars and their most popular cars. With the right set of tires, you can literally think your way around corners. Driving becomes intuitive. Wait, you can literally think your way around corners? I... Yes, you caught exactly the part that was bothering me. You can, also, I gotta. Admit, there couldn't be a more figurative statement. These are clearly all Ford cars, so I guess it's not a European fast car. So whatever. whatever. Almost second nature. With the wrong ones, no. You're just gonna look ridiculous. So when he says you're gonna look ridiculous, they cut to a wide shot, and he's wearing fuzzy bunny slippers. And the fuzzy bunny slippers are like you see them. When he talks about, like, the lower-grade tires. It's right. the equivalent of wearing bunny slippers on your car. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty standard issue. I thought the literally think-your-way-around-corners mm-hmm. was maddening. And that's not the only pedantry to come in today's show. I was looking ahead. Oh, you know, yes. You, yeah. We had some pedantry. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another one that Jay does uh, that is also in his garage. You, uh, we can, you, I, I don't mean to tell you what to do. I'd be more comfortable if we just said Jay Leno. Just calling him Jay is too familiar to me. Really? Yeah. Okay. I feel like we're buying into his brand too much. All right. I like to keep Jay Leno at arm's length. I don't know why I feel strongly about okay, this. Okay, Leno then. Jay Conan, Leno. Conan, I feel comfortable saying Conan. Well, right. That's his Conan, whole brand. Right. Even Dave. David Letterman. Dave. Okay. Jay, Jay Leno. Okay. I feel better saying Jay Leno. Um, all right. Yeah. Okay. We got some Colbert in here. Colbert, yeah. Obviously, he, he's a yeah, he's yeah. a last name. He's a last main last name guy. Yeah. Um, who else did we get? We have no Samantha oh, B, right? No Samantha B, um, and no. Uh, I didn't even get look for Johnny Carson. He's probably done some oh, ads, yeah. but well, I, there's the one that we found at the when you were standing over my shoulder and we were googling around. When we first had the idea for the show. It was Johnny Carson taking a commercial break during his show to do some sponsored content. A one-minute ad for Jello pudding that you can make a Jello pudding pie. A Jello pudding ice cream pie, which I'm gonna make. You wrote down. It looks like the such delicious garbage food. All you do is you you mix ice cream, milk, and Jello pudding powder. Yes. You mix it up, and then you chill it, and then you pour it into a crust. Well, you pour it in a oh, crust, then and you then chill you chill it. it yeah. Um, okay, so this is this commercial with Jay Leno is. Um, it's for Shell, but it's like for a specific thing that Shell does, which is some, uh, let's see, what did I, what's it called? Like the Eco Team or the Eco, Eco Warriors, Eco Marathoners. Um, it's a team of young, hopeful, bright eyed young engineers, and they have, they are working with Shell to design a, a fuel efficient car. So they're walking through Jay's garage. There's like three. He has a garage. Yes. Th- sorry. Jay Leno's garage. 
there's like three Rolls Royces in there and then he's showing off some like crazy rare sports cars and they're asking him about the mileage that they get. This is our interpretation of a 60s roadster. How many miles per gallon? About nine. And this is the Echo Jet. It's got a jet engine. Goes about 200 miles an hour. How many miles per gallon? About six. Hey, is this the eco marathon car you guys built? Yeah. yeah. How many miles per gallon does this get? 1,359. Oh, well, that's pretty good, I guess. Shell, inspiring young minds to make the future. Hmm. They don't let him do the um, tagline at the end. Ooh, did I cut this off? Is there? A, is there? It looks like there's a little button on the end of this. Yeah, huh? he. he uh, there's like a little punchline. Want to trade? Yes. <laughs> they got you. They got you. That car looks like a rolling dildo. The, yeah, the one that the kids made. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the eco warriors. One. Yeah. Um. So you know he's he's shelling shilling for Shell, uh, shilling for Michelin. But let's take a let's take a trip back in time. Yeah, this is because what's I mean, he most famous for still? More than his TV show, I think of Jay Leno. <laughs> I think of Doritos commercials. Well, he did. He made a gajillion of these. Crunch all you want. We'll make more. Yes, exactly. Did I already say that once? It's oh, I the think old, so. Yeah, that's. That's I mean, what I think of him. It was an embarrassment of riches in looking through these because there were just, I mean, there had to have been dozens of them. Did you come across one where he's in a classroom? Yes, and it's included Really? Because I don't know if that one just got the most play when yeah, I was Yeah, that was the one up, I recognized yeah, too. Yeah. Um, this one is for Cool Ranch, and I think he does a, I think I included this one because the accent is hilariously bad he's like he's jay leno so he just sounds like jay leno but he's doing sort of like a cowboy voice but he can't really keep it up or he or he chooses not to keep it up so he's just standing kind of in a against a a picket fence with a sort of vague brownish background it, the, the background reminds me of like school pictures it's got like that brown marbly kind of yeah, school picture background i think it's meant to imply like the prairie but it's just like very minimal and then next to him uh, is a motorcycle instead of a horse. Okay, so th- is this could have been in a garage. There are a lot of these. Well, I didn't include them all, but there's one that actually does take place in his mother's garage with oh. like some old beater car. So he's really had a theme throughout his life. I watched Jay's mother's garage. <laughs> well, howdy. Let me guess. You've been waiting for Cool Ranch flavored Doritos, and I can't say I blame you. Uh, creamy Cool Ranch seasonings. And those ingredients, what are we talking there? Maybe a tomato, an onion or two? I, see, see, this is what your storytellers might call a cornucopia of nature's treasures. And that's why no other chip tastes like Cool Ranch and no other crunch can jumpstart your horse. Cool Ranch flavored Doritos brand tortilla chips. One heck of a crunch. So he takes a bite in the motorcycle. The unmanned motorcycle in front of him just fires up. Yeah, and then like comes to life almost. Like it stands up on its own. Now I'm trying to think maybe you literally can just think your way around corners. <laughs> yeah, maybe he knows Apparently he has magic vehicles. That we don't vehicles. know about yeah. vehicles. What is worse than that? His acting or whatever is going on with his hair? Is that I mean it looks like a I, the wig. hair the hair was distracting to me. I it wasn't was even so distracting. I was halfway through before I started paying attention to what he was saying. It's like this weird um sort of just mm, like thick mop I mean, here he. But it was standing up. Quite but it was a bit standing too. up. I mean, it really looked like it was just an extremely poorly constructed artificial merkin just <laughs> stuck on his head. And I mean, I don't think it was though. I, I think it was. Guess his hair. that. I mean, he's not. I don't think of him as a balding guy. I mean, he's he's not bald no, now. No, no. I think he just has a lot of hair, and he piled it up there. It's well, the nineties. It was a poor choice. 
All right. And this one, this is the one you were talking about. Um, again, Doritos. Uh, he goes into a classroom of detention having kids and and starts sort of interrogating them all you found he's wearing he's wearing like the ultimate 90s outfit which is a bright blue blazer that's kind of like bunched up at the elbows and probably jeans that's a very yeah but he always does that was always his look i love you found this on youtube and the person who posted it evander uh missing some vowels just wrote i wonder if he wrote the script (laughs) aired February 1988. Do you think, is that, is Evander taking the piss or just thinking out loud? It's just an object, just a neutral observation. Just thinking out loud. It does seem like something, the quality of the writing seems like Jay Leno. (laughs) There are those that say these young people have no future. Is there any hope or are they all truly incorrigible? What are you in for, son? Talking. Talking. (laughs) Future con man. And you? Passing notes. (laughs) Potential inside trader. And what's your crime? Eating. Eating? Say, those wouldn't be nacho cheese-flavored Doritos brand tortilla chips, would they? Yes, sir. The ones with the irresistibly tangy cheese crunch? Yes, sir. <gasps> A future president of the United States, Mr. President. Nacho cheese Doritos. They taste as good as they crunch. So nacho cheese Doritos are just normal Doritos, right? I guess so, yeah. I think so. But at this point, they're differentiating from they've just branched yeah. out into cool ranch. Well, were they a new product? Were they new enough that people didn't know what flavor they were? I'd be pretty shocked. That commercial from 1988, if uh, Evander is correct about that, but it does seem to pan out. I, I Doritos seem like the type of thing that were around for quite a while before that. Yeah, I don't know the history of Doritos. I'm looking it up now. But I'm going to give the mic back to you while I do this. Yeah, some of this old packaging goes back to like that that classic, and I think they're bringing it back on some of the bags now because Doritos, like in the '80s, maybe '90s, certainly went into some really bad font and logoing, <laughs> right? Yes. Like that kind of like slashy looking Mountain Dew esque terrible. Yeah, they they got very extreme. But when you go back in time, you have that, and I think they're bringing back this packaging for some of the bags now to get that. Uh, kind of nostalgic uh, buyer where you have the D every letter is in like kind of a square of its own. Is it a a a square or is it in chips shape of its own? Oh, I I think they're just squares. I take a look at this one here. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, And it's kind of across the top of the bag, but it has a very um, 60s vibe to it. You could almost see it as like a, a sign outside of a, a 1960s-era googly waffle house. Is <laughs> yeah. googly the right word? That yeah, architecture so. style? Anyway, weird place to take that. But man, Genevieve, I remember that commercial. I remember that commercial so well. Him just uh, harassing the the detention kids. <laughs> All right, is that it for Jay? No, there's, it's not. There's one more. I, I forget why I even included this one. I may have just been... Uh, high on the J. High on the J. <laughs> getting high on J's. This is, I mean, this is sort of more the same. We can skip this one if you want. I do on. not want. I do not All want. All right, so he's he's in uh, just a fairly bare bones room, uh, sitting in an armchair, talking about a bag of Doritos. Oh, nice. Hi, this is Jay. Today we're going to talk about new Salsaria Doritos tortilla chips. Now I know oh, what I, you're thinking. I didn't even notice he shakes a maraca. Mm-hmm. Hey, is that the spirit this country was founded on? What if Lewis and Clark had said, oh, I don't want to see what's on the other side of the Rockies. Oh, sure, you're saying there's nothing new about onions, peppers, tomatoes? <laughs> but it took an American to put it on a tortilla chip and give it a name like 
Salsa Rio. I'm pretty sure those are the same exact vegetables he listed for the Cool Ranch. Yeah, they only know about those <laughs> yeah. vegetables. There's one where he, the one where he's in his mom's garage. He literally pulls out like a tomato and an onion <laughs> so from a from know. a grocery bag and then drops it into a Dorito, an open Doritos bag. Um, that way, people know what those vegetables are. Yes, because if there's any. <laughs> If there's anything that you're getting from a Dorito, it's your daily serving of fruits and vegetables. I got to be careful, though, man. I wolfed down like half a bag of bugles and salsa like at midnight last night. Yeah. I can't have chips in the house. Yeah. The the, the quarantine has been bad for me. Yeah, Because I want comfort food all the time. Yeah. Well, you, can I? do you mind if I say you've been buying some comfort cheese puffs, which yeah. is something we don't usually have in the house. And I don't eat cheese puffs, but you, seeing you... Get your snack on made me want. I was just jealous. I was like, I want a fun chip. Yeah. So I got myself some bugles. It's good too because although I will eat bugles, I don't crave them. So I'm not going to like go into your bugles stash. And no, the saddest thing is if you think you have chips waiting for you mm-hmm. and then you don't. Oh, you mean if I were to sneak into your. Chip right. Like menu. I know you're not going to go after yeah. my cheese puffs because you don't like them. And I, I would not probably go after the bugles. Remember how sad you were when I finished off your Triscuits? Yeah, that was sad. Um, okay, uh, so you did find something that Letterman shilled for? Well, sort of. Um, he, apparently, Letterman does not do sponsorships or, or commercials. That's what um, what his representative said. But it, back in 1996, uh, he did have a partnership with Coke. So I guess that like... It was sort of an extension of some bit that he would do with like adults on the mm. street. You know, he would like go do man on the street interviews. It was a big part of his his whole brand. Yeah. Um, so he did a, a version of that with kids um, and it would only air before movies in movie theaters. Uh. It was like a little mini mini film and it was sponsored by Coke. And I don't know if it was like I. the reason I don't know much about it is that it is unfindable as oh, far really? as I can tell. So. That's the only evidence that David Letterman ever did anything remotely approaching a commercial except for... I mean, he does commercials for his own show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the most famous one was probably during the Super Bowl, um, now quite a while back, obviously, uh, where he's sitting on a couch with Oprah and, and Jay Leno and just he's just kvetching that it's a bad Super Bowl party. Um, because these are two people he has famously feuded with. Oh, you know, I was about to say, so this must have been real, because I saw this earlier today, but I didn't really pay that much attention to it, because I was like, oh, we're not doing commercials for their own shows. Right. Um, oh, but this, I, so this wasn't so long ago that it was pre-feud. It was this was a joke. I didn't know that he feuded with Oprah. Yeah, it's, I in my research about Letterman's feuds, um, the Oprah feud was sort of confusing. Like he did a really stupid joke, like comparing her name to Uma, Uma and Oprah. Oh, I love that. That goes through my head all the time. It, it was at the um, <laughs> the Oscars. It was at the Oscars. Yeah. He would be like Oprah, Uma. Yeah, and he, he just did that. He was and pointing he just to pounded both that joke into the ground. Uh-huh. It was like the joke was on him, though. I felt like so she was offended. Well, apparently she didn't love it, and. It was a little, again, like it's a little unclear to me what the source of their feud was, but he he said many times on the show that they he sort of amplified their feud. I see, yeah. And then eventually, of course, for ratings, they had her come on the show. Yeah, I mean, that's good. It sounds like, I mean, it sounds like fake feuds is sort of the way he drummed up ratings. Interesting, because he also isn't, um, 
Andy Kaufman was on the show in character and went off the rails. I recall. I think those two then had bad blood. Oh, for that a while. wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, although Andy Kaufman, you know, it's so hard to know yeah, what was real with him. Exactly. Um, that's interesting. Now I really want to find just only because it's not available. Oh, is, I want to find that. This is a good Letterman. piece of trivia. Just speaking of Letterman feuds, so Harmony Corinne, you know, the director. Mm-hmm. Um, Gummo. Gummo. <laughs> Indeed, Gummo. You don't like Gummo. I don't like Gummo. I like Gummo. And Harmony Crin was on the show, and he got banned because he got caught going through Meryl Streep's purse backstage. Backstage. And it sounds like it was addiction-related. Oh, wow. Whether he was looking for pills or for, I don't know, I can't imagine. But uh, he was banned from the show. Really? <laughs> yes. That's an interesting story. Well, you know, Kinda keep in sad. mind I read this on like some ter- some listicle, so I yeah, you know right. don't don't necessarily take that to the bank. Huh. It's so funny. I don't I just said before that I didn't watch a lot of um a lot of award shows. I didn't like them, but I do remember Letterman hosting. I was pr- probably in that brief window that I was excited about Letterman related stuff, and I was just in that I was a teenager and so I don't know, I guess it's just more into the zeitgeist at the time. And I'll never forget, like, just dying when he just, like, because he let it be so awkward on stage as he just kind of walked from one part of the stage, as I remember, to the other and just kept pointing at them and saying their names. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure it had as much, I'm not sure it had mass appeal. Yeah, probably not. Uh, All right, so moving on. James Corden. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's I don't my, know why. I don't I, know why. He, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. He, but I don't. Why do I hate James Corden? Why do I hate James Corden? But I just do. I just like every time, and I'm not on Facebook anymore, so I don't see it. But whenever I saw another person post a carpool he's karaoke, so I just cutesy. wanted to crawl under a rock. And sometimes he can he can be funny. Like I've seen bits that he's done that are funny, and but. From these commercials that we're about to watch, I think you're going to understand. I think we can we'll be able to pinpoint a little bit what it is about him that that we don't like because without the like the good writing and the fun celebrities around him, he's sort of reduced to his essence, which is like, aren't I aren't I a rascal? Like mm. wink, wink. Mm. Um, which is just a vibe that I just think doesn't work for me in general. He has a bit part in a movie that came across our transom somewhat recently. Is it? Um, well, he showed up Ocean's in Ocean's Ale- Eight. Okay, yeah. Ocean's Eight. Okay, yeah. That's for what I'm for of, some yeah. what for whatever reason, he kind of plays a straight man in that as like a an investigator guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so this first James Corden commercial is for Keurig, and he didn't bother me actually in that context. I didn't think yeah. that movie was great, but. Um, I, he he wasn't the problem with it. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't hamming it up like you said. Yeah, but he's such a ham. Um, so he is the he is the spokesperson for Keurig, uh, the the coffee pod uh, in home uh, espresso maker uh, or coffee maker, I guess. Um, and so he's doing these bits where he goes and sort of like uh, descends on a family or a neighborhood and and. Dress, you know, like has them do a bunch of like play acting that they have like a cafe or that they're you know, now we're going to do coffee in bed because we can have a Keurig. Um, so this first one is where he comes into a family's house and sets up their house like it's a cafe. We've transformed this home to show the new Keurig K-Cafe Brewer is so easy it makes any house a coffee house. Whiskey's Coffee House is open! Pop that in for a coffee or brew a shot and froth fresh milk for a latte or cappuccino. Easy peasy. Now she's a barista. We've got the best coffee in the world being made by an underskilled staff. Excellent. It's so frothy. A little piece of heaven. Thank you, but how's the coffee? Latte, the no one. Nelson. Sorry? 
That's for Nelson. A latte for Nelson. That's not what it says here. So, so you know, it's it's not terrible on its face. It's a it's a fairly good concept. I feel like you can kind of see the appeal of it. Um, I don't particularly like Keurig as a concept, just as a product concept. But leaving that aside, uh, it's that it's the thing where like he's like you know someone says oh it's a little piece of heaven and he sort of like winks and like mm-hmm. and and kind of like puts on a flirt face flirts and says like oh you know but what about the coffee. And that's just his. That's him in a nutshell, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that, and you'll see it in this one too. He does Bit another of a cad. That's not really what cad means, but um, flirty, kind of being a cad is someone who's not faithful. Oh, okay. Um, but just sort of like, yeah, just just sort of a little. It's a little bit of smarm, like faux smarm, but it's yeah. hard to kind of know. It's a Kaufman esque smarm. You don't know where the reality begins. No, it's like, Corden, it, not to get like into this sort of body shame, he is a man of a certain shape, right? Like yeah. he's not your traditional sexy yeah, he, man. And so I think part of the joke when he gets flirty in a situation like that is like... Yeah, he's not really coming on to you. Yeah. Uh, he also, actually, this is one thing he said that I really liked. He called out, I think it was Bill Maher. I hope it was. Uh, Bill Maher had some nonsense bullshit to say about uh obesity and mm. how uh overweight people have to answer for their strain on the healthcare system or whatever mm, which Bill is Mar, just like man. yeah i mean now and forever fuck bill maher but um james corden wrote a really impassioned uh, sort of open letter to him that that took him to task and called him out for like how wrong he was in what he said and how unhelpful he was in what he said if he was not, if you know if he's not just concern trolling then what he did was completely unproductive. Uh, so I will always sort of have a soft spot for him for that. But yeah, I just, now that I'm thinking, and again, my dis, kind of my general eye rolliness of him is nothing personal. In fact, I'll bet you that uh, James Corden and us would share probably a lot of values, yeah, outlook I'm sure we stuff do. like that. And now, now I'm almost feeling bad for piling on him because He's I hate doing Bill. Fine. I hate Bill Maher so much, <laughs> and I definitely. Uh, want to be on James's side? On you this can one. hate Bill Maher and not love carpool karaoke. Okay, that thank is a, you. that is a perfectly safe space to live. <laughs> I'm going to play in that space. He's Corden's doing great. He's should, super fine. Should we play another of these Keurig commercials? Yeah, just so you can hear that there's like he he sort of leans into that. He keeps leaning on that joke, right? Like, okay. oh, I'm so cute. All right, so in this one, it looks like he's out in the driveway, in somebody's driveway in the neighborhood. Yeah, he kind of like brings the outside, the inside of the house, like the kitchen and the bedroom and stuff, out to these people's lawn for reasons. We're on a mission to show drip coffee drinkers it's time to wake up to Keurig. Wakey, wakey, rise and shine. How are you? Well, watch this. I pop that in there, press brew. That's- he loves that megaphone. Yeah. Like, and that's, it's just, again, he's, that's maybe what it is. He's yeah. the type he of the guy megaphone. who loves a megaphone, right? And with the exception of two megaphone crooners who I, I know of, like, it's just like, it's just so much. It's just so much energy. Yeah. Look how much coffee's in here. Fresh coffee. So rich. I love it. That's why you should be a Keurig man. Full body. Are you sure you're describing the coffee and not me? Do you wear this every day? Uh, I never take it off. Are you ready to say goodbye to it? Guys, go. Ta da! A terrarium. That's it. We've ruined the love, right, guys? Wait, what happens? He drops the the coffee. That's a very confusing edit. The carafe drops out, and you hear a smash, and then cut to he picks up a coffee carafe, the the coffee pot, and there's a terrarium in it. 
That's two different jokes. And, and they that are, seem that are like together. unrelated, and yet they are. It's played as like A <sighs> causes B. So yeah, a little confused. Sometimes I yeah, I, I do think a lot of bad edits and commercials have to do with. Editing by committee and also just be like, but this has to be in and this has to be in. And like you really are up against time constraints. And that's why I think a good commercial, like if we can just get back to our original thesis of starting the show, (laughs) a good commercial is a great work of art because you have to be judicious and you have to let some things go and not everything fits all the time. That Not everything fits all the time and you have to have a plan that that starts at the second one and ends on second 30. Yeah. And I do think a lot of these where you get a, a funny person um, or a you know famous person yeah. or a talented person or whatever you get them riffing a lot of improv a lot do some improv and and then you have a million takes and something gets cobbled together and the cobbling always almost always mm-hmm. shows yeah uh, except he, for Liberty Biberty <laughs> Liberty Biberty every time I see Liberty Mutual commercial they, or I hear one on TV they I it. say Liberty Biberty out loud and I don't think I'm the only one no I, they need to come back to that they yeah. need to I mean in a certain way I don't think that they should bring that guy back because you could have a real jumping the shark moment with him like it was good leave it be but I do think that l- the idea of Liberty Biberty could be as good as what was the bit of Dilly Dilly yeah Anyway. I agree. I think they, they really captured something with that one. Okay, so he's uh, James Corden is in this one, too. This yes, is but he, bank, he is though, not right? content to confine himself only to selling Keurig. He has also sold Chase Sapphire Reserve, which is a fancy credit card for people who travel a lot. Mm. Um, and he's sitting in his own living room, tele, tele-chatting. <laughs> what do we call it now? Video chatting. I think so. He's on his video phone? <laughs> he's on his video phone. No, he's, he's talking to a screen. Um, to some friend of his, he says, I'm, I'm talking to my friends to figure out where I should go on my next vacation. And he is talking to someone who is having a very adventurous time in, Ch- in Chile. I'm an outdoorsman. So I've asked Chase Sapphire Reserve Card members to find my next vacation. Chile, what's going on? I'm at the El Tatio Geysers. Geyser. 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 Enough. Geyser. Oh, dude, be careful. I think you should come camping. Why would I camp in the Atacama Desert? Oh. Three times points on travel and restaurants. On so some of that obviously was was, yeah. was lost in the visuals. It's like very beautiful shots of uh, the desert and this like these grand vistas. And uh, James Corden is set up as sort of a, a little bit of a fancy lad who likes to have a, a drink by the pool and maybe isn't the best candidate to go backpacking in Chile. But I kind of like this one. But yeah, this one doesn't I bother I kind of like him sticking to his guns on geezer. I don't know why that makes me laugh. I, I was actually curious. think he pulls I, that off pretty well. Yeah, I had never, I did not know that that is the British pronunciation of geyser. Is it, so I wasn't sure if that was a British joke or if it was just him being a dummy. No, I looked it up because I was oh, like, because I had the same question. I like that joke even more now then. Interesting because to me it felt um, distracting and oh. extraneous. Going back to what we were saying, like it doesn't really fit the rhythm of the commercial. I will give you that, but he seemed kind of he seemed like he was really busting this guy's balls for a second. <laughs> so I kind of liked it. Okay, so that's James Corden, uh, who we agree we like dis we mildly dislike for some vague and poorly understood reason. That's probably mostly on me. <laughs> no, I feel the usually same way. It has something to do with my insecurities. But here's someone that we love, which is Stephen Colbert. Oh my god, I could not love him more. I couldn't love him more, although I got to say 
as the pitch man for Wonderful Pistachios, it's not his strongest work. Mm. They really lean into his persona as his Colbert persona. This yep. was these were made um, a few years ago. I want to say after he already had his his late night show, but yet which in which he does not do that persona that like that uber patriotic jingoistic ill informed guy mm-hmm, right like yeah. that was that was his his uh persona on the Colbert Report mm-hmm. and that's who they're really that's who's really doing these um these pistachio commercials a very quick google tells me this was right before his late night thing so okay, he well, was that probably sense. still doing his old thing because according to this commercial you have called up here this was a super bowl commercial that aired in 2014 and it looks like he got the late show in 2015 yeah so i think they though well, that makes sense then this would be his sort of his final hurrah as colbert the character um he did get it they launched it with a super bowl ad um but then they did a whole bunch of these. And a lot of them are just like, there's some super cut. Um, I forget if I included it in this list or not. Uh, but it's just like really, really quick hits where he just sort of has a punchline after punchline after punchline. So, I mean, I knew that these pistachio commercials, that uh, they got a bunch of celebrities to do various, like they had the really simple white background and how does LeBron James right. eat a pistachio. It was very similar to the um, Reese's Peanut Butter commercials yep. of the 90s. I think we've talked about the similarities there before. I didn't realize that Colbert kind of did a whole bunch. He did, but they don't use the formula of Colbert does it like X. Okay. Um, he's just he's just speaking to the camera, and his gimmick is that he has this animatronic eagle that he's always interacting what? with. I yeah. wonder if he's just aired a lot during his show, and I didn't watch his show that much. I've definitely seen them in the wild. Huh. I remember them vaguely, but I don't, I don't think I realized how many of them there were. So... We open, this is, I think, the Super Bowl one, and then we'll look at a few of the other little quick hits. He's sitting in a big, fancy, traditional-looking office. He's surrounded by images of himself, mm-hmm. um, photographs and paintings and whatnot, and next to him, wearing a suit and match and tie that matches him, it's that pistachio green, is this, I would say, intentionally poorly constructed animatronic eagle. It's clearly mm. a physical effect, right? It's a practical effect. It's not... It's not digitally inserted. Um, So he's just talking directly to the camera about pistachios. Hello, America. The folks at Wonderful Pistachios have asked me to help sell their product. But come on. They're wonderful. I'm wonderful. They'll sell themselves. I think we're done. Yeah. You were good. Folks, evidence. Okay, so he says you were good, and he was just talking to the the bird, and that was it. So that's just a 15-seconder. Okay. Yeah, so so I think what happened... I think what how this happened in the Super Bowl is they play that one in like whenever first break, mm-hmm. and then um, later in the in the game they play this follow up one. Okay, sounds good. Now, and I noticed that the uh, the or thirty seconds later they play this follow up one. Oh, I see. In the same break, you think so? Um, and the decor is very different. It, I say decor funny. <laughs> Decor, decor. The decor is very different in this one. Now, instead of just being everything being very conservative and, and muted, the only thing that he had bright green on last time was his tie. Now his jacket is bright green. Everything is like kind of everything's pistachio green. I see, and it's like very over over the top. Folks, evidently sales of pistachios have not skyrocketed in the last thirty seconds <laughs> due to a lack of branding. Yeah. Well, let's take care of that. Pistachio, pistachio. Wait for it. Pistachio. Oh, God. Do you want to explain what happens there? So when you hear that cracking sound, he reaches up. And I saw a little like behind the scenes of how they did it. It was kind of cool. But he reaches up and cracks open his head as if it's a pistachio shell. 
And inside of his human-looking head is a pistachio green, uh, smaller Colbert head that's like it was meant to be the nut. And that's what says uh, the final line. It's unsettling. It is a little unsettling, but I thought it was kind of a cool effect. So did you have, is this the super, no, this is just another 15 second one here. This is another yeah, Stephen just, Colbert. I just like, grabbed one or two so you can get a sense of what the little quick hits were like. It's funny that I don't remember these at all. Maybe it's not funny. I, I, actually, that might have been a dark period. No, 2014, we were we had cable. We were watching TV. Oh, yeah, so I don't know why Seattle. I didn't see these. But um, in this one, it looks like he's in like a, a different part of his fancy house instead of his nice den. He's out in some, like he's standing in front of a baby grand piano in some sort and of And the a, eagle is sitting at the piano. Okay. Folks, we've got a national anthem, a national flag. Why not a national nut? This is kind of funny. Yeah, I didn't notice the eagle is back there behind the piano. And they're just sort of jiggling it a little bit so it looks like it's playing the piano. Like the, I actually yeah, love how the, jakey that is. The effects of the eagle are actually the funniest thing throughout this campaign. There's one where he just, it almost seems like an outtake. And I couldn't find a standalone version of it. But he's sitting on a porch wearing a pistachio green plaid and the eagle is similarly dressed and the eagle puppet just randomly falls off the porch uh-huh. and he just looks over and goes you'll be fine <laughs> folks we've got a national anthem a national flag why not a national nut the pistachio here has the power to nourish a hungry nation our national bird wouldn't even feed a small family <laughs> so you get the gist. He does. Yeah. He, has, he usually has like a little joke at the bird's expense. Yeah. Okay. I like those. Yeah, I like them too. Uh, this is another one that uh, Stephen Colbert did. That is since he became famous. Uh, I've got one here that I can't wait to show you. We've actually talked about it before. This is just a floating. This is a weird PSA. It's for the Smokey the Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires campaign. Just a floating image of Smokey the Bear's head. Like a cartoon head. Like, like a, a cartoon head. Computer cartoon head. Set that's what they call set it. Set in front cartoon. of a like a wheat like a grassland, basically. Uh, and you're gonna hear Stephen Colbert voicing the bear. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after seventy five years of Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly ninety percent of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. I see. He's supposed to be sort of like an emoji because everything else around him that's popping up is emoji, like uh, people putting their hands on their forehead because they can't believe how bad they were to the environment. Yeah, it's a weird commercial. Like, it's not very good. And we did start the fire. Like, who are you appealing to with that line? Like, that really, I mean... Talking to kids here, I mean, like I, they don't remember that. They song. don't remember that song. I guess it's for boomers. Um. Anyway, uh, that is weird. That's again that this this floating head situation. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in the unsettling camp. Now you also have first tier bank here. Yeah. So you, do you remember this one? We did a show probably years ago now where we looked at before they were famous commercials. I remember doing that show. I don't know if I remember this ad. Yeah, we talked about this one then. Um, it's it's young Stephen Colbert. Um, he's wearing this hilariously oversized suit. Not ironically, like that was yeah. just the style at the time. Yep, I had one of those. Um, and he is he's advertising for First Tier Bank, which looks like a Nebraska bank, if I know my state shapes, which I do not. At First Tier, we have three words for convenience. Your first here, your first here, 
your first here. We're seeing just um, cities on the map, so that he's, in case you're wondering where here is. Thought I was going to say location, 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 right? I could have, because we put you first at locations all over Nebraska, on your way to work, on your way home, or anywhere in between, even in supermarkets, not to mention shops, restaurants, and homes. So remember these three words for banking convenience. You're first here at First Tier. Man, that is so 90s. I mean, the font is just... Did any decade have worse fonts than the 90s? It's so hard on the eyes. It's really rough. And also, the, the production is interesting. They have like these... It's like people, real people doing activities in front of very bad green screens. Like we see three people ride their bikes past a gas station. The gas Just, station is green screened in yeah. there. It's a weird effect. Yeah. I mean, it's it's little better than your very bad uh, Zoom background that you yeah, are using. Exactly. Um, I like it, though. I like his suit. And you may ask yourself, why am I not using first tier bank? That was a bad joke. Um, all right. Well, um, we've got one more here and then sort of a sort of an also sort of a, a, a bonus round but uh let's let's end here with jimmy fallon yeah um another one <laughs> the, the thing that all these pitchmen have in common is that we're not huge fans yeah um why are you now i saw you sort of roll your eyes what's what i don't know your I, just, beef uh, with jimmy I mean I, I it's a little one note and it's a little uh two-dimensional on my part but the 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 trump hair flip thing it yeah. was hard for me to recover on that and then like everything else just kind of fell into place around that like some people don't like them because they're more purists of the comedic form I'm, that sounds so corny but it's true <laughs> like i listen to some real comedy nerd podcasts right. and they don't like him because he's just so broad and trying to make y- yeah. your grandma smile which is, the, I mean, why should our, our grandmothers yeah. smile, though? You know, like, that that's fine. I don't know. But um, it's, you why know. shouldn't grandma smile? It's, it's, just, it's just not for me. I find them to be a little cheesy. And and again, if I don't like that format of the, of the late yeah. shows, people like Conan and Letterman appealed to me because they were trying to, they were, they were trying to shake it up. They're trying to be, like, one of them had a, you know, was Conan had literally a masturbating bear. Like, he was yeah. doing everything he could. Like, Letterman was throwing watermelons it off It was of a big fuck you to the format and like and it was and i mean typical 90s like it it was postmodern yeah in the sense of it was making fun of the format that they were themselves benefiting from yeah yeah. and and fallon is not in any way making fun of the format now i think he's done a i think he does a good job with the format and he certainly like elevated the art of the skit in Mm -hmm. the format to be something more funny and and more highly produced and and more well written and performed. You can't say he's not talented. Certainly, he is but talented. I yeah. mean, I think what the thing is, and I don't know. Maybe we always exude this. I think in this show specifically, though, you and I are really showing our Gen Xiness. Yeah. You know, our our snarky eye roll everything, and that's not where society is now. And, and thankfully, so frankly, like, and I know it sounds corny, and I've said this before, not to be super corny, but the younger generation isn't as um, snarky and frankly mean <laughs> as our generation was and so Jimmy Fallon is probably a more appropriate person for the generation. I think it's I think it's better that the younger generation or the era that we live in now isn't as cynical as ours was. Yeah, I think that's true, although you know I I idealism is great as long as it leads to action, but I hopefully it is. Right, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, you know, if it, some some would call it cynicism, some would call it realism. Well, I mean, I guess it depends. It depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about important things, then yes. But if you're talking about like 
uh, I'm going to roll my eyes because this guy on TV smiles too much. Yeah. And he's a late night show host who's just trying to make people smile. Like, I just think that we have a different reaction to that. That's true. Uh, Well, Jimmy Fallon uh, is a big star. Uh, deservedly, as we discussed, and uh, he was- Webster's defined <laughs> Jimmy Fallon as a big star. He is a real big star, um, and he was in a Michelob Ultra commercial in a somewhat recent Super Bowl. I don't remember which one this was um, with John Cena. You of course know who he is. Mm-hmm. He's a, a- he was a former uh, WWE wrestler, I believe, if I'm correct. And then, of course, he has had a movie career. Yeah, since well, he's he's, he's really he really made the jump from uh, sweaty strong guy to Strong guy actor. Mm-hmm. Sweaty strong guy actor. Sweaty strong guy actor. Uh, he is famously very fit. And we've talked about him on the show. He's a pretty progressive guy like John Cena. Um, he's hilarious in Trainwreck, if you haven't seen that. Oh, um, right, I wanna, right, right. I want right. to plug Amy Schumer's movie Trainwreck. Um, so he, this uh, the premise of this uh, Michelob Ultra, which if you don't know, is a, a light beer um, that really uh, is supposed to be like the lightest low-calorie beer. Uh, he and Jimmy Fallon are trying to get in shape together. And, of course, Jimmy Fallon is kind of like, you know, a skinny guy. Uh, and John Cena is a big, strong guy. So they they start out in a gym doing kettlebell swings. Now, the weird thing is, is that this was a Super Bowl commercial, this last Super Bowl. And I watched those meticulously this year. And I listed every single one on our show sheet. And this one doesn't. I don't remember this one that well. I have a vague recollection of maybe saying, oh, yeah, the Jimmy Fallon commercial was yeah, kind of forgettable. Yeah, I think it just didn't particularly rise to our attention, yeah. but it was. I do remember it. Your head through your legs. Thrust your pelvis. Engage the glutes. Yes. Now he, he throws the kettlebell through the window, Working out which is what so I'm always afraid I will do with man, it. You just got to see the lighter side of this. This is it. This is how I die. Now they're running on a track. And then Jimmy Fallon's, I assume, house band. Yeah, late night band, yeah. Rolls out and is, like, riding along next to them to keep them motivated. Now he's golfing. His late night band is The Roots, right? Oh, I think so, yeah. Um, So now he's golfing, but instead of just golfing, he's golfing to hit, like, a big big target. Instead of trying to get a hole in one. Right, and now he and John Cena are playing beach volleyball with some, I assume, professional beach volleyball players, but they get to do it on trampolines. Right, so everything's everything's fun now. Everything. Those are those. And then at the end, John Cena punches him on the shoulder, like "Good job, bro," but it hurt him because John Cena's big and Jimmy Fallon's small and out of shape and has been working out all day and is now seated in fully fully his lower half fully emerged in an ice bath. Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, again, I fine. thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Very visual. So sorry about that. This one is extremely visual. Uh, but I couldn't not share it because I had never seen this. This is from 2005. Um, and it was after his SNL career, oh, around okay. the time he was starting to try to do movies, which he his movies super tanked. Like he did one with Queen Latifah. He did one with uh, Drew Barrymore, and they were both just like... The Drew Barrymore one, they keep going to a baseball game over and over. Yeah, it's... Uh, no, that's not it. Fever pitch, yeah. It, but it is baseball related. Yeah, it was the year the I- Sox won the... Won the series. I think I was confusing that with like 50 First Dates, which might have been also yes, one of hers. It is know. also one of yeah. hers. That's Adam Sandler, though. Okay. But I agree with you that they are the same movie. Yeah. They might as well just combine them, right? And throw in some Groundhog Day. She wakes up. She has to go to the baseball game every day with Jimmy Fallon oh, don't 50 get, don't times. Don't let Groundhog Day get in that right. gross stew. <laughs> um, so you're just going to hear music, but it's a, actually a very charming commercial. 
Jimmy Fallon walks out of a little corner store. It's in a crowded city street, uh, like sort of, you know, bumper to bumper traffic. And he takes a sip of the Pepsi that he's just bought and it just starts making him dance. Okay. Ah, uh, New York. <laughs> Kind of dancing a little dorkily through the streets, getting near people, but not up on them. Now, across the street, Parker Posey comes out of the store, and she also takes a sip of her Pepsi. <laughs> God, I love Parker Posey. And now, they're dancing with each other, but across the street from each other. <laughs> and they're both just door. They're totally into it, dorky dancing. Parker Posey can do no wrong. Yeah, she's so great. Now they come out into the street together, and they start dancing on top of a cab in the stop traffic. You gotta love New York. And then he throws her up in the air, and she does where comes down. <laughs> she just literally never comes down. He continues dancing. That's cute. That that commercial has charm, and, and he, he exudes charm. He exudes charm in that, and he's he's very cute in that, and he's he seems to have had a long term relationship with Pepsi, hmm. uh, because he's uh, he does some voicing for some Diet Pepsi stuff now, so I think he's had a long time relationship with them. Hmm. Interesting. Um, this is an Xfinity ad that he did. Okay, uh, looks like he's in a suit. He's a businessman. He's a business Jimmy Fallon man. Yeah, I don't even remember this one. I just, I could tell the way I you just, said this, this is, is an Xfinity one he did. <laughs> Ellipse. All right, I'm just gonna hit play. Just hit play. Show me the movies with the Arnold Oh, this is why I picked it. He does accents. He does a okay. bunch of like celebrity impressions because he's sitting in like a like a showroom, I guess, or something yeah, with it's big weird. televisions around. It's like a giant around. waiting room, showroom, and he's talking, and he's in front of a TV that is the, the size of a house. It's really for the voice remote, voice activation remote. Okay, yeah, yeah. which is something that I love. So yeah. I don't want to beat up on the product here. I love my uh, voice activation remote control. Show me the movies with the Arnold Schwarzenegger with the stunts and loud explosions and all the muscles. I want to see the comedy programming with the people. That's not an impression that's aged well. Watch Brother. Yeah, I want to see the Real Housewives. Rewatch. Jimmy, it's been hours. We told you the X1 Entertainment operating system really does work with any voice. Show me the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. That's what I'm talking about right there. See the voice control room. Control your TV with the voice. That's the type of shit that makes me hate Jimmy Fallon. Over the top, not even cre- not. I mean, yeah. I mean, can you do a better imitation than me? It's not Maybe. as good as my Leno. I mean, it's not as good as my <laughs> Leno. But, uh, but actually, though, like I, I'm not. You know, I don't do that. And so, when I'm making fun of Leno, I'm kind of making fun of people who do imitations like that. Right? It's yeah. obviously totally hacky, and he's just kind of hacky. Yeah, like he's hacky. like like. Oh, really? You do an Arnold Schwarzenegger imitation? Holy shit. Let me... Yeah. Oh, my! you have my attention. Yeah, and I don't know when that was shot, but it was surely after we knew some of the stuff about Cosby. Yeah, well, we knew the stuff about Cosby for a long time. We started believing it uh, about, what, yeah. five years ago, maybe? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Um. Anyway, yeah. So now, boy, he, I'm really on a roller coaster ride with this guy. I, yeah. I, I say bad things about him. Then I say he exudes uh, charm. <laughs> the, the and now I'm Pepsi angry The dancing Pepsi one was very cute. Yeah. All right, so we've talked Capital One. They've had a million. You know, we talked Capital One with Jennifer Garner, Capital One with um, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, they've had quite a few spokespeople, including Jimmy Fallon. And he did a, a ton of these. And I, I think I picked this one again because it has sort of, he gets to show off some accent work. Oh, good. Um, but a lot of them are like, I remember these. You might remember them too. He's like flashing a bunch of, like a wad of cash 
at like a toddler who's like famously says says no like she doesn't she's like no for everything because that's how toddlers are yeah and he keeps saying like don't you want to save 50 percent and holding up a bunch of money to her and then making his offers increasingly ridiculous until she says yes and that's this commercial then he starts doing accents no this is just one where he yeah. gets to do a bunch of personas so okay he he's starts just talking out, to the camera he's just talking to the camera he's in front of a bunch of capital one uh branded stuff and like old-timey looking computers for some reason that makes no sense um so he starts out he's just jimmy fallon in his normal suit he's talking to the camera and then he starts doing uh, characters and when he's doing these characters, he's dressed up as them. I see. I'll, I'm, can I make a prediction? Yes. Are they subtle and nuanced? Yes. They do are... they find like a new way to do this joke? Yeah, they're not at all stereotypes. Okay, good. The Capital One Cash Rewards card gives you a 50% annual bonus, and everyone likes 50% more cash. 50% more rubles. <laughs> 50% more simoleons. Oh, 50% more sawbucks. 50% more clams. It's a lobster. Either way. The Capital One Cash Rewards Card. With a 50% annual cash bonus, it's the card for people who like more cash. 50% more dough. What's in your wallet? Fuck you. I know. <laughs> Italian pizza I, guy. Oh give me a break. God. That is okay, the hackiest. I'm back. I'm, yeah, I'm back. It's I, super I, hacky. My dislike of him is justified. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for that gift. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Well, I, that was really the end of the late night hosts. But we, we, I feel we would be horribly remiss if we didn't talk about the long, long selling career of one Mister Ed McMahon. Hey now. Oh wait. <laughs> which isn't. Which is not. Which is not. Hey now, Hank. Uh, but that is certainly who Hey now, Hank was based on. Um, so we all know Ed McMahon did the publisher's clearinghouse. Like th- I felt like that was sort of old news. Mm-hmm. Um, this one just really caught my attention and I was honestly not I honestly unironically like it. Really? It's a, it's for Budweiser beer. It is a long commercial. Uh it's from the nineteen seventies or nineteen seventy, so it's quite old. Um and Ed McMahon is just sitting at a piano, like an upright piano that is completely decked out in Budweiser regalia mm-hmm. and he's surrounded by like a folkish type of singing group men and women think like the new christy minstrel yeah yeah i'll bet you these guys i'm looking ahead a little bit i wonder if this is a famous group actually they might be i couldn't identify them from this youtube clip but okay you someone might um they had they do sort of seem like but then there is at the very end um a little a fun cameo that i don't want to spoil for you okay here we go <laughs> So Ed McMahon is not singing. He's just literally kind of like conducting them. Yeah, like I a know mini this is orchestra. long. This yeah. is two minutes, so brace yourselves. But he does, there are some lines and some, there's a little bit of a story coming. Okay, interesting. But you know that Budweiser makes it all the way. One taste and then you've got to say. So then one of the singers picks up a phone okay. that's sitting on the piano. Okay, yeah. I didn't even notice it there. Some guy wants to know, who says Bud's the king of beers? Well, let's tell him. Everybody! <laughs> now, gang, right from the top. Bud Weiser is the king of beers. Bud Weiser. 
you know that. But you know that. With all the beers there are today, Budweiser makes it all the way. All the way. Now he wants to know what's so big about Beechwood aging. The answer is right on the label. It produces a taste, a smoothness, and a drinkability you will find in no other beer at any price. Okay, shall we? With all the beers there are today, Budweiser makes it all the way, all the way. Now he wants to know where Bud makes it. Well, tell him that's on the label, too. St. Louis, Los Angeles, Tampa. That's not what he means. Bud makes it. At home. Restaurants. Taverns. Everywhere. Wait, oh, it makes it like it makes its way to these places. I'm a little unclear on the writing there too. Like makes it makes it all the way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so who's this guy on the phone? Well, you're gonna find out. Am I gonna find out? Yes. I'm a little irritated by him right now. I don't know. Like how why how did he get the number this, for this phone this on this piano? Is doing it for you? Uh, I like the jingle. <laughs> all right, right from the top now. One more time. Is the king of beers. But you know that. But you know that. But you know that. But you know that. But wiser is the king of beers. But you know that. But you know that. But you know that. But you know that. Of course I know that. Okay. All right. Now we're getting there. Yeah. Now we're cooking with gas. We see the person who was on the other end of the phone line. He is in his living room, and he is agent. Actually. Maxwell Smart. Maxwell Smart. Don Adams. What was his number, though? Um, Oh, uh, he wasn't 99. No, because 99 was the woman. Yeah, that was Barbara Feldon. I can't remember his actual. But yeah, yeah. So it's Maxwell Smart, and he's calling on his famous uh, shoe phone. Right. He's the one who's been calling the piano. Really? Okay, you won me over. I I (laughs) love Get Smart as a Kid. Okay, I'm going to rewind it a little bit. Sorry. But you know that. But you know that. But you know that. But you know that. Of course I know that. But if McMahon can interrupt my show with his commercial, I can interrupt his commercial with my shoe. Nice. Absolutely. So this, you know, this is a 1970 ad, but my guess is that could have been the 60s because Get Smart was on in the 60s, right? Yeah. I mean, that's certainly, I don't know how long. Oh, great payoff. Yeah. I I mean, I love that show. I love him (laughs) so much. Let's see here. It premiered in 1965. Um and uh, oh he was agent eighty six okay um and let's see here I don't know how long it ran so maybe that was actually from uh, the show uh, switch networks in sixty nine and then uh, it looks like it ended in uh, nineteen seventy so maybe that was its final season yeah. or maybe that was the yeah. you know YouTube's are not yeah. necessarily posted exactly accurately oh I want to watch some Get Smart tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, we can we can probably make that happen. Oh, really? Thank you. Uh, that was great, Veeves. Thank you for putting that together. I had yeah. a, that was a wild ride for me. <laughs> it's very emotional. I really loved it. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right. We are going pretty long. All right. So well, what do we got here? Let's let's do this one from listener Burton because it it relates to last week's show, and I think it's nice to follow up on the most recent shows. We talked about um, uh, dogs, cats, and bunnies talking talking at us. 
uh, in last week's show. Yeah, that's right. And uh, listener Burton. For a second, I didn't even know what you were talking about. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. That quiz. Um, so, uh, listener Burton sent this. This is another uh, talking dog commercial. Um, and it's just wild to see. And if you haven't, if you're not on the Facebook, welcome to the new members. I approved a few folks this week. Um, if you're not on the Facebook, go check it out because it is, it's, it's bananas to see, but it's this, for this British, uh, product called Walls Thick Pork Sausages. I know, right? And I I saw you wrote that before I watched it and I was like, there's a typo in there somewhere. I'm not even joking. I wasn't trying to be condescending. I'm like, one of these words (laughs) auto-corrected to something she did not mean. Nope. Some Mr. Walls invented some thick pork sausages. Walls Thick Pork Sausages. Because I thought it meant like a thick skin or something. Yeah, no. It's for sausages. Okay. And you have this very i would say working class looking couple uh they're in a in a kitchen uh you got a close-up of the sausages cooking in the pan there's nothing fancy about these that like it it's how sausages really look when they cook in the pan which so, is good which is fine but it's not like a glamorous look okay yeah so then the woman uh who's cooking the sausages uh delivers them to her husband at the at the you know kitchen table he starts eating them and I'm telling you all this because there's no no mm-hmm. audio. He puts a what appears to be a ring box in front of her. He doesn't say anything. I did watch this one. I'm say he looks like really taken by the sausages. Yeah, he, and like this is likes, a real moment. He lights a candle, I believe. Yes, he lights a candle. He's trying to sort of create some romance, but he's just sort of a he's just sort of a human pudding. Mm-hmm, yeah. And um, he the dog the the ring box opens and there is a tiny talking dog with a keyboard inside, and, and the to- the voice you're going to hear. Um, and try to decipher its thick English accent uh, is a talking dog. It's a tiny, tiny talking dog with a tiny, tiny little synthesizer. And this commercial is batshit. Yeah. It is batshit. Down go the sausages. He gets a look in his eye. He just sort of looks misty-eyed at her. Pulls out the ring box. Lights the candle. She opens up well, the box. He's written you a song. Thank you. Thank you. For all the meaty sausages. Thanks for all the walls. You're so very wonderful. You're the best wife in the whole world, Mummy Bear. But you can't really tell me that because it's just a bloke, really. So I was able to tell everything that the little dog was saying until the very end, as you say, but he can't tell you that because he's just a bloke, really. In other yes. words, you need a little tiny, tiny yeah, dog the, to say these This man things. is so unable to access his mm. his or articulate his feelings that he has a, acquired a tiny synthesizer playing dog to say his feelings for him. YouTube is recommending that I watch another 10-second video starring the same tiny, tiny dog, this time next to a plate of meatballs, but um, this is only 10 seconds, so I wonder if somebody just... Oh, this is actually from Wall's proper food account, so this is the official content here. Thank you, thank you for putting real tasty wall sausage balls in my pasta. Didn't have Italian music, so I got Spanish instead. I didn't hear the second part of that. But no one can understand f- that if you're not from, I guess, Liverpool. Thank you for putting your sausage balls in my pasta is what he said, though. Yeah. So there's that. Thanks, the, Burton. The English. Anyway. Um, I know Burton. I like Burton. Oh, well, thank you, Burton's Burton. Yeah, people. that was uh, quite a revelation, Burton. Um, don't let my anglophobia 
uh, be a deterrent. Yeah, please. that's a real trigger for Genevieve for reasons we don't have to get into. But I appreciate a sausage commercial, and I appreciate somebody who falls in love over sausage. <laughs> but learn to express your feelings. Get some therapy. Just don't, Make me don't some get sausage. A, don't get a tiny talking dog. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right. I know we're running long here. What if we... I definitely want to play some of the um, every COVID-19 commercial. Yeah, you know what? Let's end on that, and we'll, we'll do a... Uh, we'll commit to a... Uh, a ad council show in the very near yeah future. maybe our next show will be all ad council which would be a really good time for you guys to call our voicemail line yeah get them um, in yep 607-444-5597 email us uh post things to facebook and we'll do a big roundup so this is from listener rachel um and I, i'm sure you know you may have seen this going around i think it's kind of making the rounds but it is uncanny this is a sort of a mashup super cut of all of the commercials that are out there, a lot of the commercials that are out right there right now, addressing the current crisis. And it begins with just the, 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 this is very long. We can't play the whole thing, right? But it just starts by showing a montage of all these different commercials, and you just hear a bunch of different p- of that somber piano yes. music to As underscore on, how they're all the someone same. Someone on Facebook said, at least we know that the contemplative piano players <laughs> are getting work in these troubling times. Right. And then, and I'm going to have to, I think I'm going to have to fast forward or kind of yeah. jump around a little bit because it gets so get, repetitive. But do and get it's so to long. the talking part because it's super yeah, funny. Definitely. And I definitely want to get at least to the part where they start all saying in these unprecedented times, in these troubling times. Yeah. And these, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But let's start from the beginning. This is Uber. They do a good job of identifying it. Grubhub. Publix. Oh. <laughs> Remax. <laughs> Samsung. <laughs> Apple. Kia. And we should mention what we're seeing. The the the, the images are very similar too. Uh, right now, we haven't really gotten to the empty streets. It's just a bunch of empty streets, empty and, stadiums. Exactly right, black and, of and course, white. So it always, all these commercials begin with that, like what we are used to. Then we're going to get, I think, into a montage of people in their homes, right? And then we will also get to the montage of the frontline workers who are all, uh, you know, wearing masks and gloves and moving bags from one uh, end of the screen to the other. Lincoln commercial. Oh, we talked about that one actually. Heineken, Facebook, all empty streets. Now we're starting we to see the trucks. Our doors. Since 1926. Since 1978. For 60 years. For 75 years. For over 80 years. In 90 years. <laughs> over 100 years. Nationwide has been on your side. Restaurants have always been there for you. Nissan has been with you through <laughs> thick and thin. Restaurants have always been there for you. We've always done. Take care of people. We're people. 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 Family. 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 Families. 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 Even now. Especially now. Especially now. Right now. Now more than ever. More than ever. Today. More than ever. Today. More than ever. In times like this. At times like these. During these difficult times. In these troubled times. Challenging times. Trying times. In these times of uncertainty. During this time of great uncertainty. During these uncertain times. During these uncertain times. In uncertain times. In uncertain times. Uncertain times. Unprecedented times. Unprecedented times. Unprecedented times. This unprecedented moment in our history. This time of social distancing. While things have slowed down. As we turn more inside. While the doors may be closed. 
while the distance between us has gotten bigger. The more we stay apart, we still find ways to stay close, even when we're apart. Even if we can't stand closer than six feet. We can also- I've never lived through anything like this before where even 9-11, obviously the world changed a lot, but it, it didn't close the door on a certain type of commercial. It, it hit certain industries. Certain industries adapted quicker than others, but yeah. you didn't have to take your portfolio and scrap it because the way people live their lives was so drastically different. Right. There was some fear there, some anxiety, there some few- real Stuff. A few poorly titled rock songs that were not allowed to be played on the radio for six <laughs> That's months. That's right. Um, and this, what we're going through now, it has really changed. So everybody is, everybody has to play to the same thing. And it just underscores how little fucking creativity there is. Like, you, and I, that's not fair, but like, it's just you. Even me, when I'm on TBTL and we're talking, like, I know you could put together a montage of me probably saying these troubling times. We all just rely on the same shit. Well, we have to in a way. I mean, I'm uh, I'm in communications uh, for a living and it would be great to say, oh, you know, we should just be creative and not sound like cookie cutter. But there are penalties for coloring outside the lines sometimes. Um, And the the most it's the most important thing. Same thing with 9-11 is you don't want to be the brand or the product or the service or the or the public official who misfires when it's life and death. True. But I will say there's a Bud Light COVID commercial that doesn't make fun of the disease or the situation we're in. I can't remember the details of it. It's not that funny, but I find it so refreshing because it's kind of like you're stuck at home, drink beer. Like, it's funny. It's like some, yeah, well, some like, schlub like me there's drinking There's the Burger a King Bud one, Light. Couch Patriots, you know what I mean? Oh, know. that's the one I'm thinking of. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I think I'm attributing it. Yeah, and that was the first one we saw, and I was just so pleased that somebody like because yeah. you there is a there you could we're not living in a time when like after 9-11 I think people were like irony is dead or you have to be super careful like I don't think that's it so at least one company was kind of like isn't it kind of funny how you're eating your face off while you're sitting on the couch all the time yeah I can appreciate that I mean you know we've had a Vietnam amount of people die in three months so mm-hmm. like I can understand how any brand, and it's not just, I mean, if people, we've had, you know, over 55,000 people die, millions more are wondering if they're going to be able to make rent. And so I don't think irony is dead, and I can assure you that it's not, but I can understand a brand or a spokes, you know, somebody who's doing communications for some official thing wanting to lead with empathy and not being too worried about it being cookie cutter like yeah i suppose you know i guess it's because it's brands though yeah just knowing that it's like half of it is bullshit and they're just saying it because they have to sure you know that doesn't really because uh, this we're not even talking about the i you're you work in um you know for for a public university so that's a little bit different than I'm, uh, well, I mean, Grubhub and Uber, that's actually specific to the situation we're, we're in. But, like, I don't know if I need Lincoln to be, you know, I mean, I don't know what Has I want Lincoln, Lincoln to do. Lincoln always been there for me? Yeah, exactly. Like, we know we see this pensive woman with her arms folded looking out right. the window. And actually, that's the commercial where it is specific. It's about them bringing, if your car is broken, they will bring you a, a, a leaser or whatever they call it, a loaner, and then take your other one away. So it was on, on point. But, I mean, there is something about all these brands also just doing this because they want to sell another potato chip, but they're also being way too earnest about it. Right. 
anyway, that's. But anyway, I couldn't have enjoyed that uh, supercut more. Yeah, and we're only like halfway through it. But I won't play it all right now. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Well, guys. In these unprecedented times, I would like you to reach out to us. We've been there for you since 2015, and we'll be there for you going forward. Will you be there for us? we're family. While the distance between us has grown... We've never been closer. We've never been closer. Ooh, doctor, doctor. Uh, okay, the email address is after these messages show at gmail.com. The voicemail where we'd love to hear you sing some jingles. Any jingle will do. Real, made up. Maybe you've made up a jingle. I'd love to hear somebody uh, recreate that Budweiser jingle. Oh, the one. For, oh, we just yeah. Played. Be our Ed McMahon. Oh, yes, that'd be good. So call us at 607 607- Four 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 five five nine seven and the Facebook group, Vives. And, co- and come to the Facebook group. It has been hot times there. Really good conversations. I mean, that's why I think we we should do a show that's uh, that's all ad council because there's just too much good stuff that's uh, that's over there. Awesome. Get at us. We'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Oh, dip is he's once again back again with the caravan of man's from Pakistan. Karachi, Posse, Zaki's poppy. Uh, Red Octagons couldn't stop me.